Hello, and welcome to another podcast episode of the Renee Report. On today's episode, we're going to be going over the NFL Week 6 lines and how my bets went on the first week of the episode. At the beginning of the week, I started with about $74, and I have ended the week after last night's Astros versus Yankee game at about $100 on the dot. Now this is obviously a pretty large increase, I believe in total I made 6 bets over the weekend, and 4 of them ended up working out, so that's a 66% rate of success, which I believe is pretty damn good for the first week that I'm doing this, and I'm super excited that a lot of these went as well as they have. So first things first, I'm going to be going over the Panthers versus Buccaneers game, as most of you know this is obviously in London and was a game we saw at 9.30 a.m., which is a little early if you ask me. And the Panthers were only favored by 2.5 points, and I found this pretty confusing and a line that I could definitely expose. So that being the case, I bet $10 on it to win 9, and James Bradbury got 2 interceptions. The Panthers' defense had 7 sacks, 5 interceptions in total. CMC, Christian McCaffrey, didn't even have a very good game. And it just looks like Josh Allen is the person to run this offense, and that the Cardin, uh, excuse me, the Panthers are absolutely raring to go. Also, thought it was pretty awesome that Curtis Samuel, who I've been vetting for for about over a month now, and has just constantly not been giving me the production that I'm expecting, has finally come through. And it just goes to show that Cam Newton cannot come back to this team, or else he is going to ruin the offensive flow they have going. And I just the defense is playing so well. Everyone is so high energy and loves the direction the team is going. There's just no reason to bring back Cam Newton. This team is perfect the way it is. So in the end, the Panthers ended up winning 37-26, to and the score was actually closer. At the end of the game, it was indicated to be closer than it actually was. It was much more than 11 points. They just let up at the very end of the game a little bit. But either way, ended up being a very easy game to cover, and I won that bet to start off my day. Next game I bet on was an absolute heart wrencher. The Washington Redskins absolutely screwed me, I tell you, against a piss poor Dolphins team that no one has been able to lose against, and they still didn't lose, but somehow I fucking lost this bet. I actually am baffled that I lost this bet. This being one of the two bets I lost this week, I'll deal with it, but it was just an unbelievable game where we saw the Dolphins play their usual horrible brand of football, And then out of nowhere, Ryan Fitzpatrick makes an entry into the game. And what does he do? Ryan Fitzmagic does what he does. He makes a game-winning drive, brings them all the way down the field. The safety has an easy, easy interception if he can just stay not looking at the eyes of the quarterback. Instead, he does exactly that. Reads only the eyes of the quarterback and not the wide receiver streaking past him wide open. And they get a touchdown. Now, the reason this is so important is because the line was negative three. It's not that I thought the Washington Redskins were going to win. I just thought they were going to be within three points. So although they were winning all game by at least seven points, I end up being the beneficiary of losing the game that I bet on Washington because they only won by one point when the Dolphins inevitably went for two to end the game and lose just on a simple pass that could have been caught and won the game. Obviously, they wanted to lose on purpose, as I had talked about in episode one. 
but it's just ludicrous that they would try at the end of the game for no reason, just to lose, just to screw up the line. Next up, we have one of the live bets that I made. When I say live bet, I'm talking about a game that is currently going on on Sunday, and I just decide that the line, for whatever reason, on the over-under, the point spread, is basically overreacting by the first half, and I try to expose that. And this happened in the Saints versus Jacksonville game, where it was 6-6 heading into the fourth quarter. And I'm sitting there thinking, oh, it has to be a 24.5 over. It has to be the over. And I'm sitting there, and it's just the odds are looking too good. I have to take it. And I end up taking it, and of course, what happens? The Saints are have the ball at the very end of the game. Easy touchdown, five yards away. Feed Kamara with the fantasy owners. You know, make everybody happy in the stadium. But no, what do they do? They decide to just kneel the ball out, take no chances, and screw the people who took the line of the over, which I'm sure was a lot of people. And that was very unfortunate, but I still feel a really good bet, so I'm not mad at myself for making it. Next game I bet on is a game that I am ecstatic to talk about. The Cleveland Browns face the Seattle Seahawks. Now, this was in the dog pound, quote-unquote, which means that it was in Cleveland Browns territory, and the Seahawks gave them the business. Russell Wilson played perfect, very little mistakes. Baker Mayfield, on the other hand, as he's done at the beginning of his career very consistently, throws three interceptions. Uh, just an offense that seemed very, I don't know, very lackluster in the second half. Only put up eight points, and Seattle took big advantage of that. Um, I think Seattle was really, I think, excuse me, the Browns were really expecting a lot easier of a time on offense with Seattle. But Seattle came to play, as they do in a lot of road games, and I'm going to continue to bet against them, or bet on them, excuse me, in away matchups. So that game, I bet $10 to win 8 so I made 18 bucks off of Seattle by a minus 2 spread, aka winning by two more, 2 or more points, and they won by 4. So, you know, they didn't cover the spread very well, but they did a good job of covering it in the end, which is all that matters. Now, a very risky bet that I made that majority of expert fantasy, or excuse me, expert rankers did not believe was going to happen this way is the Arizona Cardinals ended up defeating the Atlanta Falcons. Now, as I talked about on episode one, this is obviously a defense that has been dismantled by injury and just an overall team that just doesn't look right. Although that's true, they actually played very well against the Cardinals, much better than they figured they would. And the Cardinals only ended up winning by one point. The score was 34 to 33 and Kyler Murray looked absolutely unbelievable. No interceptions. The backup running back, Chase Edmonds, looked great in, as a receiving back and not great as a running back. So it looks like David Johnson is going to be not splitting carries more, but at least going to have someone he can rely on to take some touches off of him at the end of the game so they can have him for the rest of the year. Um, Matt Ryan got four TDs. Actually looked very good. The Atlanta offense as a whole just took advantage of that Cardinals defense that looked pretty porous, if you ask me. Austin Hooper, 115 yards. This guy just keeps doing it. And I made $17 off of that game, so I bet 9 to win $8. By this point on Sunday, I'm starting to, you know, ride a bit of my high on the fact that I feel I've won a lot of my bets. And I start to convince myself, hey, I think the, uh, the Steelers might be the move against the Chargers. I really think that they're underrating this third-string quarterback. Apparently, I just kept reading more articles and more articles about how he was the breakout of their training camp, and they seemed really comfortable heading forward with him. So Devlin Hodges, I mean, he didn't do anything special, but my goodness, did he do exactly what he needed to do to start out that game. Basically just let the defense, who already had 18 sacks heading into week six, 
basically just let his defense dominate for him, and that was about it. It was perfect. I mean, the game plan could not have been better. I could have bet on that game for plus 170, which is the equivalent of basically doubling up on your bet. Instead, I was a little safer because I wanted to end my night at $100. That was my goal, and I was at about 85 so I played a little safer and said that the Steelers will be within 7 points. Those of you who watched the game obviously saw the Steelers won by 7 points. So I was really happy with that bet. And it was a really good way to end out my NFL picks of the night. Now, when I did end my NFL picks though, I did realize, hey, you know, I'm $10 away from, 90, from $100. And that was kind of the goal of the night. So I see that the Astros and the Yankees are actually heading into the 7th inning. And I say, hey, why not? Maybe I should uh, indulge myself in a little Astros. And I noticed that the Yankees pitchers were about five pitchers in and that the Astros were only one pitcher in. And that Verlander had gone all the way to the eighth inning. And I was like, hey, I, I think this is the move. And I ended up taking, uh, the. that's exactly what I did. I ended up taking the Astros in the bottom of the eighth. And the Astros ended up getting that walk-off home run, obviously, by Carlos Correa. It was epic. And that $9 ended up getting me to $100 today, which is a big start and progression in this series. And I plan to keep on going and get all the way to $500 by the end of this series, at the very least. So as I have more money now, and I've also gotten some picks behind me that are in the books, I'm obviously, you know, if I was going to spend $10 on a bet I was confident on, maybe now I spend 20 and so on and so forth. I think sports betting... And betting in general is something to be analytical about and to be smart about the way you're doing it. So instead of putting, you know, $100 on the fact that I'm 80% confident the Panthers are going to win, I just like to spread my $20 or, you know, whatever is 20% of my equity at the moment on a bet that I'm more than confident on. And if, um, and if enough of those hit, maybe you start doing parlays and so on and so forth. But basically, I would suggest if you are new or thinking about going into sports betting, I would not listen to what everyone else says, and I would take it slow, put an amount of money that you're very willing to give up. You know, maybe, you know, $100 in a month or two months or three months isn't going to be something you missed. So I think at the end of the day, if you have a little money on the side that you've made or have, that you are willing to get a little bit better and basically get a head start of, um, I think that sports betting is actually a really adequate way of making money and something that you can have fun doing and make money off of, which is not something you can say about a lot of things. And in an attempt of making this series, I just want to show people that you can be analytical and get to the point that you can have a good 65 to 70% um, correct scale to the point that you are making money, and I think this is the perfect way of doing so. Moving on to some things that could be fun to bet on a little bit later in the week. Obviously, this is just the first episode, so it's Monday, and there's not too, too much to bet on until about Wednesday, Thursday, but you can still look into the baseball playoffs. Obviously, we have the Washington Cardinals, or no, excuse me, Washington Nationals going up against the Cardinals. The Washington Nationals are up in that series 2-0. Obviously, the Astros-Yankees series I bet on last night, where the Astros evened it up with an amazing walk-off home run that was just epic to watch. Oh, how, how could I forget? This is unbelievable. I've actually managed to forget about Monday night football. You have the Lions against the Packers. And don't get me wrong, I have not been excited to say Lions or Packers in a good two years. But I think both of these teams really have a lot to prove and have come out in this 2019 season proving so. 
So I think the Lions have a really good secondary that's played really strong for them. I think they have an offense that surprised people, but still been a little inefficient as usual, and a Packers offense that seems to have found its footing last week, and a defense that I'm actually going to explain right now, which I think will surprise a lot of people, is pretty lackluster these last three weeks. Right, so let's break down some important stacks. First and foremost, the Lions are plus four, which means they have to be within four points or win for you to win the bet, and plus 175. So this is saying, again, just like last night, that I possibly could have taken on the Astros, that they're going to win, and you're going to get basically double your money back. In the month of August, they have played three games and have a home record of 2-1. and one. They beat the Broncos and the Vikings, a loss to the Eagles, which was a bit of a weird loss. The Lions away, this matchup we're going to be going over, is the Monday night football game against the Lions versus the Packers. The Lions are four-point underdogs and are plus 175. So if you bet on the Lions, you basically be doubling up your bet. In the month of August, the Green Bay Packers have played three home games, have a record of 2-1. and one. They beat the Broncos, not a great win. Beat the Vikings, very big win. Loss against the Eagles, bit of a weird loss to the Eagles considering they have a very banged up team and spe uh, secondary specifically that you think they would really be able to hone in on. Um, the Lions away record is 1-2, and two, so that's not very... Uh, you don't really want to be chasing that for the most part. Um, they did have one tie, but I'm counting that as a loss because at the end of the day, if you tie the game, that's basically a loss. The offensive rank of both teams, the Lions are actually number eight in offense in the NFL, which I think would be a big surprise to majority of people. The Packers are 24th, which I think would also come as a huge surprise to many people. Both do score 24 points, however, however, excuse me, and the Lions get 385 yards per game. The Packers only sit at about 300 yards per game. Now, if you look at the defenses, they're both bottom half of the league by far. The Lions are number 27. The Packers are 24. The Lions give up 24 points per game. And the Packers, or excuse me, the Packers give up 24 points per game. The Lions give up 18. And the third down percentage allowed by the Lions is 46%, which is far too high from league average of about 35, which is where the Green Bay Packers sit. Not joking, including Devontae Adams, who is the one person who is guaranteed to be out, it seems as there's about 15 to 20 people on the Packers injury report. Obviously a big cause for concern, and the Lions have about six people on there, but they're all listed as questionable, versus a lot of the Packers players you don't really know the status of. I can't believe I'm saying these words, but I actually have come to the conclusion that I don't believe that the Packers offense run by McFloor, or by Matt LaFleur is actually going to be able to handle or keep up with the or the Lions, which I, I can't believe I'm saying, but I think they actually have a more consistent offense, keyword being consistency, in the Lions offense. And I think both defenses are just bad enough, again, 27th ranked and 24th, that it's going to come down to the offenses. And from the statistics, it seems like the Lions are going to be out and head, out ahead. And that's going to make... Aaron Rodgers not only be throwing in tight coverage and throwing to cornerbacks who have been playing really well, but he's going to be throwing to receivers that he doesn't like throwing to and that aren't very consistent. So you could see a lot of balls pop up out of the air and a lot of turnovers that I wouldn't even say are Aaron Rodgers' fault per se. For this, I am going to be taking the Lions on a plus 175 bet. And I'm going to do $5 to win $9, which is a pretty good margin, obviously. 
And hopefully that works out. I would definitely suggest going on the Lions over the Packers. As watching every single game this season, the Packers have just been very inconsistent on the offensive end. Aaron Rodgers is always putting his hands up flailing. And I believe if Stafford and this Lions offense can come out to a hot start, it could do a really good job in not only suppressing the home advantage that the Green Bay Packers have, but it could also stop the run game of Aaron Jones and make them throw completely. And without Devontae Adams, that's a tall task to ask. For this bet, I'll be looking at a total or a subtotal of around $95, and I could be possibly going up to $110 if the Lions could pull out this win. To end out the episode, I just want to do some quick takeaways from week six, and I think I just want to go down the list and just, you know, make sure that everyone's kind of informed if they didn't want to watch every single game or, you know, didn't have an NFL red zone or some way to see all the games at once, that you just get the overall gist of what happened in week six, so you're nice and caught up heading into your week seven bets. First and foremost, the first game of the day in London, yes, the Panthers defense is not only the real deal, it is the deal. It is the best defense in the NFL. It causes the most pressure. It has a quarterback that barely needs to get 150 yards by the fourth quarter to be winning by 10, and they get turnovers, plain and simple. The Panthers are not a team to be messed with, and they're a team that you can bet on and have confidence in. Here's that the Rams are having a heck of a Super Bowl hangover. Jared Goff just seems very unlike himself. It appears that he really relies on Gurley very heavily, although the offenses and pieces around him as well as a defense that should eventually return to form in some way or some shape. I do look for the Rams to be on the bounce back in the next few weeks, but if, con- if they continue to play as they will or have been recently, they are in some big, big trouble. I'm going to come out and say it. The Patriots offense looks absolutely broken. We need a left tackle, and we need one bad. We need to trade for one. We need to re-sign Benjamin Watson, which I just saw actually before this episode aired that it did happen so that's great news but we need to trade for another tight end we need to start getting back to our double tight end sets which is where we're the most successful hopefully integrate ryan Izzo and watson together so we start doing that but we need an offensive lineman specifically isaiah Wynn, to come back as soon as possible even a week or two early our run game looks unbearable sony michelle can't break one tackle is constantly getting swallowed up behind the line It's just, I don't know, we become too predictable and for some reason refuse to let our rookie running back get in the game, who I think is probably the best running back out of all of them, in Damian Harris. And I think he could be a real sleeper for a lot of DFS. And just in general, I think he's going to make a big difference in the Patriots offense and betting odds in the midway point of the season. Call me crazy, but I think he will. I believe that the Cardinals are the new team on the block as far as teams like the 49ers and Cardinals are teams that maybe aren't getting the respect they deserve more the 49ers as they should be getting so much respect. I mean, they look like this year's Los Angeles Rams. They definitely look to be a shoe-in to go to the Super Bowl or at least deep playoff run if they can continue the form they're in. But the key word is that Jimmy Garoppolo has to stay healthy and he has to continue to lead this team properly, which he is doing. With that being said, going back to my original point about the Arizona Cardinals, this is the team that I'm going to be betting on from Week 7 until they basically readjust the rankings and Vegas readjust the lines to be accurate. Because I think the Arizona Cardinals not only have a defense that can make turnovers and, you know, gives up yards for sure, but not the big plays, but I also think they have an offense in Kyler Murray that has been very inefficient in the red zone 
and scoring touchdowns, and they've still been very effective, and Kyler Murray specifically has been better and better. So the better Kyler Murray gets, very similar to Seattle, you just see them get better and better, just like with um, Russell Wilson. So it's very similar where they go where Kyler Murray goes, and I believe where he goes is way up, and where I go is betting on the Arizona Cardinals. This has been the recap for the Rene Report. Thank you so much for listening. And as I said, this is going to be a series that I'm doing at least once, specifically on Wednesday, right before Thursday night football lines go up. That every single day, every single week, excuse me, on Wednesday, at the very least. So look for this to be something that I'm doing a lot and taking very seriously. And just stay tuned in to see how close I can get to my goal of $500 and how long that takes. Thanks so much, and I'm out. Peace.